0: We are learning Davsamach Gimel. We're actually uh, already halfway down the Umbud Samach Gimel, we're starting from the Mishnah. Mishnah moves on now to a new topic of the Moredes. Moredes is the people, well, husband and wife, either of them, are not fulfilling their obligations um, that have been outlined so far in the parak. So what happens, how do, how do we deal with that with that issue, and this erosion of the relationship where the wife or husband is not... Uh, is not, is, not, is not living up to, to what they have to. So here we start with the, the, what's the wife. The wife is literally rebelling against the husband. I mean, she's not doing what she's supposed to And we'll see in the Gemara what does that mean, which, which of the obligations we're we referring to. So the halacha is, we don't give up on the marriage right away. We don't say he should divorce her, but rather, We start deducting amounts from her ksuba. And uh, pretty much that's going to incentivize her. It's going to motivate her to start fulfilling her obligations. That's the point. So every week that she doesn't, every week that she remains rebellious, so there are seven dinar, dinarium that are uh, deducted from her exuba. that's another way of saying, every day, a dinner is subtracted. So we'll have to see in the Gemara what exactly is, the, is that currency. More or less, what exactly is that? We'll see in the Gemara. Until when, meaning to what extent, right? There's a lot of, there's a lot of different things that are in the k'suba. Uh, there's the base of the k'suba, and then there's things that are added to the k'suba, and then there's properties that the woman brings into the marriage that the husband enjoys the right to, to eat the fruits. So, what exactly in, in, are, are we penalizing? To what extent? Ad So the first hana says the sum that corresponds to the value of the k'suba, meaning all the monies in that it says in the k'suba. So you got the basic the basic amount, the one hundred or two hundred, and any supplemental supplemental amounts. Uh, the dowry, so in Barzil, all those types of things. So let's say it all amounted to a thousand, so then you could continue on going and subtracting all those a thousand. But what not, what's the point? The point is not um, deducting the properties that she inherited from her father and that the husband just has a right uh, to use them as Nixle Maluk. The Maluk properties are not part of this uh, penalty because and the reason is that there's very big difference. The Maluk properties are essentially uh, but the wife's properties, it's just that the husband has the right to uh, to eat to eat from them to use them. So there's no that we don't cannot. the ksuba, which is a payment from the husband to to her, and even all the things that she brings in that are locked in and belong to him, and he just pays out at the end. So those are the things that we deduct. But the nisim halog, which are essentially hers and just the husband is using while they're married, that the Tanakhama holds are not is not deducted. Whereas hey, we're penalizing her. So let's go even further. La l'mupokhes vaholech. It's, it's indefinite. It can theoretically be continuing forever. Odd. even so, that if, if there would be, she would inherit something from another place, meaning she would inherit something from her father's family and some distant relative from her father who dies and, the, and she's getting a property. What is the log of a Can theoretically collect from it. Meaning the ksuba already goes down to zero. It's under red at this point. We continue taking away from properties fallen to her that aren't written into the Xuba. And even more, the husband, like he can bill her in advance and say, you know, there's seven dinners off of any property that you would eventually get. So he said, this second Tana is saying that the Kanaz goes um, even further. Again, the nafkemina being on her properties that aren't necessarily written into the Ksuba. So everybody agrees that we ask her for, to lose the seven dinners from what's written into the Ksuba every week. But the question is if we make the canas as well on the Nisya Hamaluk. Okay, continues the Gemara, this is not, Mishnah, this is not only if the wife rebels against the husband, you could have it the other way, where the husband is rebelling against his wife. So then how do we deal with that? Again, do we just say, if he's not fulfilling his obligations, he should divorce her right away? No, we say, we add to the three dinner per week. It's very interesting. The penalty for the husband is you only add three dinner. The penalty for the wife is that you subtract seven. So the Gemara will deal with that discrepancy, interesting difference you don't marry the same idea that instead of being dinarim, it's a different currency, throughout throughout pa'ikin. And we'll see in the Gemara again what exactly that currency is. So now the Gemara tries to understand what is this rebelling? What exactly is the husband and wife not doing? So the Gemara says, Mered this, my, first we start again with the wife. The mission spoke about the woman rebelling. What is she rebelling against? Ravuna Amar mitashvashamita means she refuses to have relations. So that's part of her obligations. That's what she has to for her husband. So if she's, if she's refusing, that's when we start detracting. Rabbi Yosef Amar is talking, saying that she's not doing the work that she needs to do. So a woman, his view is that a woman always has to um, do the seven chores. Remember the chores that we've been learning about in the Mishnah. And therefore, if she doesn't do it, she's considered rebellious. Now, what's interesting is that we actually learn back on Daftun Chaz that there's a dispute if a husband like owns Mamish's wife's hands or she has the right to say, no, any is any zan. If anybody said that I'm not going to do, I'm not going to give you my basic earnings. I'm not going to work for you because uh, I'll self-support myself. I'm not going to take your food. And then, so we saw that there was an opinion that she could. So she could say that. Revis Rechanina must told that she can't. And that's why taisus learns Pshat. Rafuna didn't learn that way. Rafuna learned he was talking about marital relations he actually, she, he, he, because Rafuna actually holds that the woman is allowed to withhold her work. She's not always absolutely obligated to work. She could theoretically say, don't feed me and I'll keep my own earnings. But this, that's why Ravuna didn't learn the Mishnah talking about work. Ravuna learned that the Mishnah was talking about Tashma the woman refuses to have relations. Because Rechanina learns that a woman absolutely always has to work. So, according to him, um, she's rebelling from doing the work. So, then that, uh, that, that would be considered an act of rebellion because she absolutely always has to be doing the work. So, as the Gemara Tanan, we learned in the Mishnah, now we're going to try to prove which opinion is correct. The Mishnah said, <laughs> And the same way we have a woman rebelling against her husband, you could have a husband rebelling against his wife. So what's the husband rebelling against? It's good, according to the opinion that we're dealing with uh, rebelling against relations. It's good. You could say that's what it means, that the husband also has that obligation to his wife to engage in relations. So just as we were saying the woman was rebellious, not engaging in relations, we could understand the case of the husband like that also. He's considered rebellious if if he's refusing to have relations. If you say he's talking about performing work, is the husband ever obligated to do work for her? Meaning there is no obligation for a husband to work for his wife. So if there's no obligation to work for his wife, so what does it mean he's rebelling against? So what we're basically saying is if in the seifa, when the husband's rebelling, clearly that means against his obligation of relations. So presumably that's what it means for the wife as well. Says so Mar in no. You could find it. You could make a parallel case where the husband is rebellious by work. What's the case? I a husband doesn't work for his wife. The, 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 the answer is, well, he says, I'm not going to feed you and I'm not going to provide you with anything to go get your own food. So basically, Rabbanan said that, that Rabbanan was be learned, have said it, that instead of you, instead of her work, in exchange for the work that the woman does, a, a husband has to give support. So if he's not giving the parallel thing to, to the work of supporting her, that's where that's where we consider him rebellious. And that's why it's parallel. So she's not giving him the work and he's rebelling against her because he's not he's not uh, giving food. Gemara can't be shot. Because if so, when Stim was said, let's say a husband says, I'm not gonna feed you, I'm not gonna provide you with anything, I'm not gonna feed you. What's the law in such a case? Yo to he has to divorce her and pay the ksuba. So what what's the question? Our Mishnah is mashma that when a husband rebels, what do we do? We don't say, okay, just run and divorce him and pay the suba. What do we say? We say, we try to reconcile. We don't say go divorce immediately. We say, let's add three dinarim per week, make it you know, more within the husband's interest to, to reconcile and start supporting. So it would, it, would be, it would seem to be that there's a discrepancy in the way that we deal with a with, with rebellious husband. How do we deal with him? Do we say, that's it, terminate the marriage immediately as soon as the husband's not supporting the woman? Terminate and make him pay. Or do we say no, continue, continue the marriage and keep on adding to Ritsuba until it uh, motivates him until it motivates him to to start providing. So we would have a we would have a, like a, a problem and how we deal with it. And Tysis points out that the truth is even in Ravuna's position, that the Mishnah is talking about Tashma Shamita, that the husband is refusing to have relations, you could have a similar question. That that what what, what would the law be? If a husband's refusing to have relations, the mission would be saying then that we don't say, okay, just you know, divorce right away. The mission would be saying we add, we add the, uh, the, three, the three dinner rooms per week and that's it. But Chaira, I mean, you should say the same thing. How, how can that be? At some point, you would have to say you should divorce her. What the woman's just going to be like an Iguna, like as if like, her husband totally neglected her and never had relations. Like, how can that be that we just continue like that? So the Gemara answer is, even if that's true, that Rob said he should divorce her. You have to ask him. And what's the point of the Gemara? The Gemara means that, that and, and this is an important point, that she could ask for a divorce. That's true. If, if the husband's not having relations, or in this case, where the husband's not feeding for her, she could get the divorce. But she has a right to remain married and try to wait it out. That's the point. The point is that we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't when, when Rav said that, we, that he has to divorce her and pay the subah, if he's not feeding his wife, it doesn't mean that's the only solution. Avada, they, they, we would ask her, and that's the point. We, we, try, we try to reconcile. There's an approach of reconciliation. To what extent and how, that we have to figure out. But our mission was just telling us what the basic approach is. The basic approach is that we try to reconciliate and work with adding to the ksuba to incentivize the husband to actually start, start owning up to his obligations. That's not a contradiction to Rav's statement that he has to divorce and pay the ksubah. That would be if at some point the reconciliation is not working. All right, continues going. on. Another question. It says in the Bride, Ahasli, whether it's to me, meaning we're gonna talk about who the Moredes is, who the rebellious woman. Is. So a could be Arusa Nasua. She could be an Arusa or an Asua. How can an Arusa be in Asua? Arusa doesn't have obligations yet. The answer is an Arusa has one obligation. What's her obligation? To move in and become an asua. So a woman who's in Aruso refuses to move in, or if she's in a Nasua later and she's already married and she doesn't want to fulfill her obligation to raza. I feel nida even if she is in Nida. I feel even if she is sick, I feel she's waiting to do Yibam. If she's a shimmer, she's refusing to do yibum she could be considered a maredas. So the Gemara says, what, it, it, what do we see from the brides? So first the Gemara just speaks out here and that it's good according to opinion that, that, that she's, she's refusing to work. Everything is good. We can understand that all these people are penalized. Um, they're depriving the work that the husband is entitled to. They're all penalized. They lose amounts for their tzuba. Why would we penalize the nida? The nida anyway is not allowed to have relations. So if it's said in the bride's. That, that, that the Nida is Maredes, which she's considered our rebellious wife, and we reduce in the Kzuba, clearly we see that being rebellious here doesn't mean rebellious from relations, must mean rebellious from work. So the Gemara answers, no. Amal Very, very deep idea. Even though the Nida right now can't have relations, but if she's, if she's rebellious and she says, I'm not going to have relations, I'm not going to, that makes it more painful for the husband. Why? Because when she's just in need uh, he has Paz pasalo. It could be that, 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 that right now it's forbidden, but, but, but he has the bread waiting for him in the basket. But if she refuses, she's, she's rebellious, she claims she's not going to do it. So then that's worse, and, uh, and therefore she's treated like a rebellious woman. Says the Gemara. Other people say we the, the challenge from the Brides went a different way. We could actually understand if it's Tashmi, we understand how to That's why the Brides spoke about if the wife is sick. And the point is, it's a chiddush because she's sick. But the novelty that we're saying is that she, even if a sick woman could engage in marital relations, so if she refuses to have relations because if she's sick, therefore she is penalized. And uh, even the need to penalized as we explained, because of Pas-Masala. But al uh, But we understand why a Cholah would be penalized. If you say that the rebellious woman is a woman who's saying, I'm not going to work, Cholah Bas can a sick work, woman work? No way, she can't. And therefore, the is asking, why should she be penalized? So it's an interesting question. If it's relations, a sick woman can also have relations. So therefore, if she's saying, no, I'm not going to do it, so we understand that she's, she's penalized, we deprive her, we, we, we take away from, from, from the Ksuba a little bit because she refuses to have relations. But if it's work, the Gemara is saying, Acholah doesn't do work. So if Acholah doesn't do work, there's no expectation for her to do work. Why would she be a rebellious woman? So the Gemara says we have to change, we can actually concede to the question and we change what the terms of the dispute were. Where she refuses to have relations, everybody agrees that's part of Maredes. Everybody agrees a woman refusing to have relations Gets the penalty, and that's what the he was talking about the sick woman who refused to have relations. Keep pleading, what was our discussion? Are you also Maredes if you refuse to do work? That's the question. Everybody agrees you could be Maredes if you refuse relations. The question is, is refusing to work and saying, you know what, don't feed me, I'll just take my own thing for myself, is that considered an act of rebellion? Keep pleading, Malachal, Maris, Malachal, and Maredes, Rafuna holds. It's within her rights. She could do that. That's not a problem. So, so, so if it's within her rights, she could do that. So that's not a maradas for melacha. Some melacha not maradas. Other people. hold holds that even for malach that is considered to be a maradas. So the dispute is only if it's also a by melacha. So what did we say before? So now we go back to, to the Iker way here that we deal with maradas. How, how do we deal with it? The Mishnah said we, 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 we subtract from her ksuba every week the amount of seven dinners, and that will reconcile. However, says the Gemara, what do we see? That there was a different vote that the rabbis came along and decided, let's deal with the issue differently. A later legislation by the rabbis said, what do they say? Instead of penalizing her money, why don't we should announce publicly in Shul about what she's doing, Four Shabbosim in a row, when it's very public, so we're going to have a We're going to have some sort of public announcement, you know, from about her in shul, four weeks in a row. And basin. There's also a message which is sent. The Gemara's going to explain they send this to her before, once before the announcements, and once after the announcements. Right? So we have four weeks of announcements, and they also sent her the following message. What's the message? you das? If you continue with this, even if your k'suv a hundred mana, you're going to forfeit it. Meaning, the are basically what they're doing is, let's expedite the process. Instead of reducing seven dinner every week, which could go on for a long time, after four weeks, if she doesn't agree, we just penalize her entire Xuba. So it's a very different approach. It's an expedited approach. It's a lot more aggressive, right? It's a lot more aggressive there. If you think about it, depending on how much her exuba is and how wealthy she is, it could, it could be a very long, drawn-out process. Here, that I was gonna say, we're gonna give you four weeks, and we send you the message you're forewarned before every minute afterwards, which gonna do it. If you don't give in right now, you don't lose the whole thing. That's the message that they send. The continues. Which is what we spoke about before—that this law can be applicable to the Arusin Nesuah Nida, sick or someone waiting, waiting for Eba. So the Gemara says. Amalei, Rochiba, Yosef Glitchmu, Bas Bastashmish. What's Pshat Anita? Is she fit to have relations? And it's really what we spoke about before. Amalei, Anita, it's really just what we spoke up before. That yes, it could make sense that Anita could be a rebellious woman, even though right now, presently, she can't have Bia. But the Pshat is that it removes the, the idea of the security in his mind, the bread that's in his basket. Alright, now the Gemara clarifies exactly how we make these public announcements. We do it in very public places. We hope that it's, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to pressure the embarrassment. That's the point. Uh, we're trying to pressure the embarrassment and her family probably would be embarrassed as well. That will probably encourage her to change. It's inferred also that it's done in the shuls where the public is. What's the, where, where do we see it from? What's the p'shah we're doing on Shabbos? Must be... Raminah that the pshadas were doing it in the shul and in the Beit Smedrash and on Shabbos that's where most of the community is from. So that's why we're going to do it specifically in the shul and Beit Smedrash. It's not, you know, a holy thing that to do it there. It's a practical point. The point is that we should do it where the community is present. There's actually the message that we sent her, right? That if you don't change we're going to just immediately ask knas- so that and send to her two times. Akaspad Makarza, one make before the announcements begin. Again, there are four weeks. So one time we do it before the announcements. In other words, we'd rather just see we send her the message and warn her that we're gonna announce, and then and, and, and then that will deter us, and that will deter her, and then she won't we won't have to announce at all. So we send one before and one after announcements. meaning after the four weeks, the final announcements, we give her one last chance with the message before we actually take away her all too. So now the question is how do we pass it? Right? It's very interesting. How do we deal with the Moredes? Two different approaches. The Mishnah did the subtle, conservative, drawn-out process of just subtracting a bit from her tsuba every single week, whereas the more aggressive approach from the later from the later later legislation of the rabbanon was to make four announcements from four weeks and uh, with the message, and then just immediately take away her entire tsuba. So what what's the halacha? The halacha, you know, the is like what it says in the price. So, and that means that we um, we don't do like the mishnah. We accelerate the process the way the brides have said. Amar Rava, Rava says, That psaac is not right. Rav Nachum, My what, what's not right about it? says, I said it to him. I actually said this over this psaac, in the name of a great person, Uman, who is the great person, who said it over, Reb So actually it was said over the name of a great person, and it could be correct. So the Gemara says, Every you, come Saba. Rav was saying that, the, that, the, that it was incorrect, right? Rav was saying that we, we do like Mishnah. Who does he hold like? He said, Rav, I'm a Rav says, I the name of We do try to talk to her. What does that mean we talk to her? We mean we do try to uh, reconciliate them. We delay it. We try to persuade her on and on. I mean, I, what does that mean? What are we doing while we're persuading? Clearly, that means we work in a subtle approach by detracting from the suba little by little, even if it takes a long time. And that's really the main, like, in the machlekes. do you deal with her or do you not deal with her? Dealing with her means you, you, you always just have to take it away little by little and speak to her. You try to persuade her to change. The, the aggressive approach is really not dealing with her. It's just you send her a message before and after. Send her, it's not really persuading. You send her a message and you warn her and then you just take away the whole tzuba. So there we have a statement, wrong, that you do like the Mishnah. The that we do not speak with her. Rather, we do like the Rabbanon in the Bride zone. Okay, so bottom line is we get a dispute. Not only is there a dispute between the mission and the Bride So we have a machlokas now in the Amoram, how we pass him between the Mishnah and the Bride zone. Okay, so on the bottom line level, it's machlokas. Now the Gemara gets into a very, like, it's a really fundamental question, which takes a step back from the whole case. What is the case of the woman who rebels? Meaning, what, what exactly is she saying? All right, now this is the point that we're trying to, Reduce the, the 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 Ksuba, like the Mishnah and the Brisa, with the warnings and the four apostles. But what what exactly is she saying? That that we're you know we're just saying she's refusing the relations of the work, the whatever, whatever. But how in what sense? Like what's her das? What's her mentality here? So the Gemara says two approaches. says She says I, I I don't want a divorce. I'm very happy. I want to stay married, but I'm actually trying to drive my husband crazy. In other words, she's trying to get back at her husband. You know, she's literally saying and like we know this sometimes you can just get out of a bad relationship that's not what she's saying she's not saying I want out she's saying I want to torture him I want to be married to this guy I just won't have a with him or I won't work with him so she's like the over here as well so therefore that's why it makes sense in this view that now we're going to pressure her do the thing of decreasing the suba or withholding it and we're withholding the divorce and if you think about it what's going to because she doesn't want a divorce what would pressure her to reconcile is reducing the suba and uh, actually uh, you know slowing down the process as the Mishnah described now suddenly makes a lot more sense like this because she's in the relationship she's working with the relationship so we work with the relationship as well we're not, we're not terminating the relationship that's not the approach that's not our at least initially that's not what we're trying to do however, Amra let's say she says my husband is totally gross to me what does that mean he's totally gross to me I have no interest in him and I don't even want to meaning I'll do anything to just get out that's the point we, 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 we basically say that, that she's just being honest, right? In other words, this is her way of trying to extricate herself. She's not, she, she's not trying to torture him. That's not what she's saying. She's just saying, I want to get out. I want to get out. I want to be, be a free woman. I want to be out of this. And even if it means that I don't, I'm going to lose my tsuba. I'll do anything. I just want a divorce. I just want to get. She wants out. Then lo kaifinullah. Then we do not, uh, we don't force her to remain married and delaying the get. But the opposite, the husband would divorce her um, without paying the tuba now here's the big question um, and, and just to understand a little better what's the reason we're not refor- forcing them to remain married because there's little hope that it's gonna work why because she doesn't want to be I mean that's the difference between the two cases if she's saying I'm in a marriage I'm just trying to drive my husband crazy so we work with the marriage we try to reconcile. It. we don't we're not trying to go out for divorce we're trying to to motivate that motivate her to change her ways but stay in the relationship but if her point is I just don't want to be married to this guy. She's not blaming. There's no blame. You're not penalizing her. Right? She, just, she just wants out. So she just wants out. So then that's not called a moredez. She might be having an interesting approach to how to get out by being married, but she's not penalized. She just doesn't like the guy. She wants to be a free woman. So then that's not called a rebellious wife, and therefore we don't force her. We're not trying to compel her to have relations with somebody that she finds uh, repulsive. So now here's the question, and this is a sadistic so question. One thing we know is that we're not trying to persuade her to stay married. If she doesn't want it, fine, okay. But does that mean we force a husband to give again? Is that what the Gemara is saying? That is the question. What an interesting question. It's such an interesting philosophy because, again, we know, Torah says, that whether or not the divorce should happen, that's up to the husband, right? But here we're learning in the Gemara that there's a concept here of moredes, where a woman is rebelling against her obligations as a wife, and we're saying, we, we, we try to persuade her to change her ways and stay. But Amim is saying that's all where she wants to be remarried. But if she wants out and her, she's just saying, I, I don't want to have a relationship with somebody, I can't stand. I just want to get out of here. And she's not a Amaradas. And then, well, what do we say? We don't force her. So what does that mean we don't force her? We're not trying to persuade her to stay married. So now what? Does that mean that we force him to give, to give a divorce without Ksuba? Or does it mean, this is all Mahalub we're showing us. I'm sure we go and force him to give, to, to give it to get without Ksuba. What it is is that we don't force, we don't compel her to reconcile, but we still ultimately leave it up to the husband whether or not he wants to give the get. And that's an interesting point. In other words, the second she says, I just want out, I'm out. The way she expresses it is she's saying, I'm not going to do anything for the husband. I'm just trying to, you know, force his hand to give me the get, And I'll, I'll take it even without Mike Suba, she says then do we force the husband or not? It seems like it's a dispute and we're showing him what exactly is Mara saying. Gamar says we don't force her. That's clear. We're not trying to compel her. We're not trying to persuade her to stay in the marriage and change her ways. No, we understand her ways. She, she doesn't want to have relations with somebody who she can't stand. That we can understand. The question is, would we force her to get the divorce? So Al-Kopanim, that's Amimah. No, even if she says she, that that is a lie, we do force her, we do compel her, we do do the Mishnah or the Briceh's method. We don't uh, allow him to just divorce her immediately and not pay the ksuba that she forfeited. It doesn't work like that. We actually, uh, we actually do try to reconcile the relationship. Says the Kmahava of there was once a story with such a thing where a woman who said her husband was, was disgusting to her, but after Marzutra, Marzutra compelled her going to Lashita so, and what happened? In a Fekhmane, clean they had a child. The couple didn't reconcile it and they had a very holy child. So like, as if to say that we see, you know, Marzutra's approach is right, right? So the Gemara says below, he actually doesn't necessarily support Marzuch's shot. Awesome It was a heaven orchestration, meaning it, it, it was an amazing thing that Hashem just made her mind and the way she felt about her husband that just changed. It was a special siyata d'shemayah. But usually, the Gemara is saying that's not the way it works. If a woman claims, you know, my husband's repulsive to me, I don't want to be have anything to do with this guy, I just want out. It's not going to work. Like well, what's this whole thing? Oh, we'll take away seven dinar from your hey, Talk to the woman. There's nothing to talk about. She should just get her out of it. All right, continues the Gemara. What happened? The daughter-in-law of Rabbi Zvid, she rebelled. She said, Rashi learns that she said her husband was repulsive. Um, and we'll see why Rashi, maybe Rashi learned that way as opposed to saying that she was just trying to, you know, annoy him. But Akopanim, Rabbi Zvid's daughter-in-law is rebelling. said, Tuzul HaTshira. She took one of the silk, like silk, silk clothing that she brought in as part of her dowry it was written in his stone. Barzel, she she took it for herself. We also have meimravashim ravashi. I'm meimravashim together. Ravashi, we're trying to pass. We also ravgandli got by. Ravgandli was there. We also we covered. They're all sitting and saying, "All right, there's either glotzah chayamim." A woman who's rebelled, so she has does she forfeit as well the clothing which is right here? Meaning, what we're saying is not only does she forfeit the right to demand ktsuba from her husband, but she forfeits the right to keep her clothing that was written into the ktsuba and which were used and are still around now. So basically what we're saying is, um, is that, is that in, the, in this case, and now we understand why a little bit in Rashi was said that the case is she was saying my husband is repulsive. She said her husband is repulsive. So now what are we doing? It sounds like we're working like the opinion that we just stopped the marriage right away. In other words, we, just, we had a machlokas. A woman says the woman, the ma- her husband is repulsive. Do we, do we try to compel her and get, get persuade her to stay, or do we just try to end the marriage? So we're going that we try to end the marriage. And she forfeits her right to the exubah. So the Shaila is, does so she forfeit her right to what only was written, you know, the, in the ksuba, like the amounts, or does she forfeit as well, the, the all of that, including any, like, clothing that she brought in, which is now in the closet. So she took it. The question is, did she forfeit that as well? That's the Shaila. Um, that, that, that's the question that we're, that we're dealing with. So. They said that she has, um, that she has said because Rav Zit is a great man. You flatter him by saying whatever he said. It's actually not true. That we're not sure if she loses it. Meaning, maybe she's only forfeiting her right to what the regular tzuba is. But she's not uh, forfeiting her right to some clothing which is um, intact right now. different shot, They were saying a woman who has rebelled has not forfeited her clothes. Because is a great person, and therefore, you're not going to argue on him. Therefore, you, 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 because he's not going to argue on what you're saying, therefore, you're just going to say something that's not right against him. That is actually a suffix if she has to forfeit it. So, therefore, since it's a suffix, it's not so possible, you should take it away from her. And the Gemara concludes, since the halacha hasn't been said one way or the other, what is the halacha? She already took the clothing, we don't have the right to take it away from her because maybe she is entitled to it. Maybe she's only forfeiting a right to the bat not to the clothing. She didn't take it, we don't give it to her. We have her wait 12 months before giving her the divorce. So she might reconsider here. So the Gemara is saying we don't tell the husband the right to divorce without, immediately without giving the tsuba. If he wants to be free from paying the tsuba, he has to hold off. Uh, for, for, for 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 twelve months. So it's interesting because this is like a whole new wrinkle on what we had before. Before we had in the Gemara Machlokas if she was if she said that I mean, she's repulsive to me, do we try to reconcile her with the divorce we, do, with with taking away from the xuba, or do we say that he divorced her without the xuba? Now we're saying even if he divorced without the xuba, but not necessarily right away. Maybe a little bit of time should pass. Again, we're not taking the approach that we're going to persuade her, but we still give a little bit of time. Uh, 12 months if I don't you, I though, during those 12 months less than the is going to be well. She's not entitled to any support because again when she wants out once she wants out. She's out um, The point is just that the get may be withheld for for up to 12 months So how bottom line is to make a summary of the idea. We have a concept of Momaradas Concept of Momaradas. Certainly if a woman says I'm not gonna have relationships in She says I'm not gonna work. It's a machlokas But if she's doing it just to torment and, and mess up with her husband She wants to be in the relationship, but she wants to torture him. There clearly what is the approach? Um, that we're, we we don't say the husband should should just divorce and give and give and and not give exuba. Rather, we try to work with her to persuade her to stay married. Now, what is the right approach? We had machlokas in the mission on the brayse. So our mission said we do it with talking to her and persuading her and subtracting a little bit from her exuba subtly week by week. The price had more of an expedited approach where we warn her a little bit and then announce four shavasim and then suddenly take away her whole exuba. But uh, and and they could have the same thing with a with, with a husband as we learned where he where he doesn't want to have he claims he's not going to have relations this could be even if it's a nida even if it's a hola you could have it, you could have these ideas but then we have a big machlokas what about a woman who's not saying I'm trying to torture my husband a woman just says I want out she, my husband's totally repulsive to me so that's machlokas how we deal with it but ultimately it looks like the gemara is concluding more the approach that then we do. Go for a divorce. We don't try to persuade him. We go for a divorce, um, but it might be a little bit drawn out. But and we go for the divorce and he just doesn't pay the ksupa.